the Lord. Good morning. Yes, for a few minutes. Good morning, church. I'm going to be sharing and completing these thoughts that we've been working on, uh, Hebrews chapter 8. Um, just because series continues, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. They serve as a sanctuary, these speaking of the, 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 the tabernacle and the, the setup of the sanctuary. They serve as a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. And uh, we've been talking about this pattern. If we have the picture, please, if I could trouble you guys. Um, the, the, the tabernacle pattern, I, I, I love this building. Uh, because this is God's building, and it speaks so much about God's heart and God's desire, uh, the price that he paid to be with us. Um, and I'm not going to re- repeat everything that we've been going over, but very briefly, the first piece of furniture at the front is the brazen altar. The second piece of furniture is the bronze laver, and the bro- uh, brazen altar is where sacrifice is made uh, because blood has to be shed to enter the presence of God. The bronze laver is where the priest washes his hands and feet, And he also, we talked about this extensively, he sees himself through the reflection of that glass uh, to see clean, a clean self-image. And that's what we've been, been, been working on, the thing that, Christ, that is so important and vital, uh, uh, the centerpiece of entering the presence of God is what we come away from or how we see ourselves as a result of his finished work. Amen? And we talked about this thing, uh, like if this, this pulpit represents righteousness, where we stand on the righteousness equation becomes very important to everything else that we do. If we see ourselves on this side, meaning that we have to do things to get righteous, it's a, a, a ministry, a labor of, of, of works, and it becomes very frustrating because we'll be tripping over ourselves all the time. But if we understand that our righteousness is finished and our starting point is here, we're dealing with a very different mindset altogether. Primarily thanksgiving, because he has provided us with a finished, a finished work. Amen? So it's the, we're trying to graduate all of us from this side to this side in Jesus' name. It's a work of, not of works, but it's a work of faith. It's not just the steps that we have to do, Yeah, but it's about the steps that have been done. Amen? Uh, and uh, I found that our Christian life on this side of the righteousness equation is dangerous. It's very ugly. Mm? Mm. Uh, we sing the same songs. We go through the same motions. We go to, the, go to church, go sing the songs, clap, give. But on this side, it has a very, very funny flavor. There, there is no freedom here. There is no creativity here. There's no releasing of, because it's built, this system on this side is built on, on fear. Because you're constantly checking yourself, second guessing yourself, is God happy with me or not? Another thing that is affected on this side is relationships. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you cannot truly love another, when we're not supposed to love our neighbor as we love God. We're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So if we don't love ourselves, somebody's in trouble. That's the problem with most of our relationships. Uh, it's not what they did, it's how you view yourself. 
James 4 says, what causes arguments, fights, and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your own desires that rage within you? All right, unsettled business here, here will eventually overflow and affect somebody. But by the same account, everything that is healed in here is just waiting to be a blessing to somebody. When you know who you are, everybody's in store for a blessing from me. You're the next victim of my kindness. You're the next victim of my smile. Amen? I was reading uh, Jesus' account. I was reminded of this and it blessed me. John chapter 13. Uh, and this was when the Last Supper when Jesus was with, was with his disciples. And uh, um, in verse 3, whew, I love this. Uh, John chapter 13 and verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. You see that? All right. Now look what Jesus says. It says, Jesus knew. Knowing is something that's done up here, right? He knew. What did he know? He knew that the Father put all things under his power. That's what he knew. And that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. Meaning that Jesus was right about here. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what power he has, who gave him that power. He knew that all things, uh, he knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. So Jesus knew. Because he knew, it says, eh? so. See that word so? It's a conjunction. It connects the two. Hmm? So he took off his, got from there, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to serve people. You see? Why did you do it? Because I know who I am. You see, uh, when we serve here, it's very different from serving here. Because if we're serving here, we are trying to get God to uh, give us some authority, see how good we're serving and bless us because we have worked so hard for him. Credit us with some righteousness. Credit us with some, some brownie points with God so he can help me with some brownie points on my test at school. All right? But Jesus is very different. He knew he had everything. So his starting point was right here. Hallelujah. Because he knew he had all authority, because he knew whose he was, because he knew where he was coming from and where he was going, he could freely serve everybody. Everybody was the victim of the overflow of how he saw himself. Hallelujah. Amen? So, so see, some of you, it's not that like you're just mad, crazy people. You know how people say, you know how I am. No, it's not how you, it's the way you've been thinking. You did not know the thing that Jesus knew. And it's affecting how you treat everybody else. Amen? Would you believe among those people who were there being, having their feet washed by Jesus was Judas Iscariot, the one who was about to betray him? And that's one thing, but Jesus already knew who he was. So who, Jesus, who Judas was had no bearing on how Jesus treated him. Because Jesus knew who he was. You can freely love your enemies if you know who you are. Because you're not striving to get any higher. Fighting with one another is the result of striving to get higher. People getting in your way. But if you've already arrived, you can take off your, your clothes. You can, uh, not all your clothes, 
biblical clothes and wrap the towel around your waist. And you can serve other people if you know who you are. Freely, whether they love you back or not. Whether they're big people or small people. The enemy is not concerned with our knowledge of Jesus. The enemy is not concerned with the tenets of our faith. The enemy is not concerned with our theological preciseness, our hermeneutics, homiletics, dispositions, eschatological views. You know, everything that we build in our Christian life is, is, is always geared toward understanding uh, who he is, what he is, and how he is. And there's a place for that. But the enemy is not afraid for those, about those things. The enemy is not afraid of our knowledge of God. He is afraid of our knowledge of ourselves. That's the, 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 the place where he lines up all his arsenal so that we would have a lower view of ourselves than what God ha- has said. He is called the accuser. What would you suggest that if you are an accuser, what is success for an accuser? Okay? It's not a trick question. I'm just... I'm just huh? And I don't want hands. It's just something we're going to dig into in a little bit. If you are an accuser, how do you... Satan means accuser. What is success for, for an accuser? Okay? Uh, I don't think it is accusing. Because every accusation has a mission. It's trying to establish something. Okay? When accus- accusation comes... The goal of that accusation is to cause you to land at a certain conclusion. Accusation brings attention to what you have done. So that you can draw conclusions about yourself. Accusation draws attention to what you have done. So that you can draw conclusions about yourself. And that's where many of us struggle because we live in this dance of what I do and who I am. And what I do and who I am and what I do, you know, so-and-so graduated, he is doctor so-and-so. All right? They won the game, they are the... You win, you are, you are, you have changed. Your status has changed. Your identity, you are now the champion. Like Liverpool Football Club. Praise the Lord. You do something, you become something. The problem with that is that if you do the wrong thing or you do a mistake, now you are a. So, so you're living with this lower self-value based. You, you draw your identity from what you're doing. I am such a. I always, you know, me and my, um, I'm not allowed to use some of the words that come to our mind in this holy pulpit, but we get so down on ourselves. Amen. Then, once we've hit that rock bottom place, our natural response then is to do something better to cancel out the bad so that we can become somebody again. Welcome to uh, the Christianity that most of us are very, very accustomed to. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, let me fix that. Now I'm back to where I, I was, you know? So we haven't crossed the line. We're still dancing over here. And that's exactly the arrow flies boom. So that we take the accusation, we draw conclusions about who we are, all right? And then we start fighting with ourselves, condemning ourselves and fighting ourselves. Oh, I should not have done that. And you better not get near people when they're in this mode right here. I mean, you're still in church, 
Okay? First in church, actually, because if you get to church earlier, that kind of writes that wrong. So you're in this cycle, and, and your Christian life has never graduated out of this cycle. Trying to be better so God could like me better, so I could be better, so I could understand that that is precisely the, the recipe that the enemy has cooked up for you. Paul called it the doctrine of demons. Mm? Do more so we can become more. Eh? Uh, and uh, I would like to expose uh, the work of the enemy today with a verse. I'm not going to preach at you. I'm going to let the word speak, speak to us. Colossians chapter 1. For someone who is struggling right here today, this is the word for you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 21. It says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Notice how precise that that the Lord knows exactly where we are. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your own minds because of your evil behavior, meaning that you did something and because of what you did, you're an enemy in your own mind now. Did you see that? All right. Verse 22. But now, okay, here we go now, shifting gears. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith. Hallelujah. So in his sight, we are holy and blameless without accusation. We were. We were enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. But because of what Christ has done and not because of what we have done, eh, we are now blameless in his sight without, and, and free, uh, holy and blameless in his sight, free from accusation. Colossians chapter 2. Let's go to the next uh, thing right here. Same idea, but a different angle. Verse number 13. Um, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. I I thought his timing is just perfect, you know? Not when we got it right over here. Yeah? and said, come on, welcome, you've done so good, but while you were dead in your sins. So this is not even about you. <laughs> Praise God. I just got happy. All right? While you were dead in your sins. Hmm? Uh, while you were dead in the, in, the, in the sins of your uncircumcision, in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. My good. Having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us, took it away, nailing it to the cross. This was all done while we were still in the uncircumcised nature of our sinful behavior. God did this. So in other words, with God, because of what Christ has done and not what you have done, all of our starting point is right here. Meaning righteousness is behind us. Eh? There's nothing standing between uh, uh, me and God. It, and it's, 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 it's a, a work that has been given to us as a finished work. Uh, it sounds simple, but it's quite profound. Because uh, we fight this thing in our mind all, all the time. And this is a, a small exercise that's just done in faith. We graduate by, by faith. Uh, Jesus, uh, on the night he was betrayed, he took the cup 
and he took the bread. Do you remember that? He took the bread and he took the cup and he said, this is my body, this is my blood, not your body, not your blood. All right? He says, take this and when you do so, do so in remembrance of me. Praise God. So our job is to remember. What Jesus wanted to do was for us to remember. I did some studies, you know, on, on, on there's different, there's different uh, positions in the church uh, about the, the Eucharist or the communion. And uh, there's arguments uh, among, you know, different schools of thought in the body of Christ. There's groups that say that you have to be careful when you take the, 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 the Lord's Supper because that is actually the very body and blood, blood of, of Christ. Like it's transformed into the body and blood and you, you're taking the body and blood. And there's other group that says, no, it's not the actual body and, and blood of Christ. It is symbolic. And these people are fighting at loggerheads. Now, my, my take on, on, on this is that we should just take Jesus at his word. All right? He said, he did not say <laughs> if it's the actual body or not. He did not say it's a symbolic or not. He said, take it, but make sure that when you take it, you do it in remembrance of me. Meaning that whether you believe it's the body or not, if you're not thinking properly, it's not going to do you any good. The power is in the remembrance. Because the remembrance uh, is where we benefit from everything that Christ has done. It's in here. Eh? It's like a receipt. A receipt is confirmation of payment. Eh? It is not the payment. And it's not the stuff that was paid for. It is a reminder that everything has been paid for. I lost the, the title deed for my house. And may the Lord deliver you from ever losing the title deed of your house. But it's funny, it took me a long time and I realized through my process the value of a title deed. Because what a title deed does, it's not the house. And it's not the, what was paid for the house. And it's not the name. It's not, it's not like it's my, it's my house. It's my house, my name, the money, everything that was due to make that transaction possible. It's none of those things, but it is a reminder, a permanent record, without seeing the house that you know that this is Pastor Z's house. Don't mess with me now. I have a house. Okay? My title deed tells me so. I don't need to see the house. To know that it's mine. I don't need to feel the house. To know that it's mine. The title deed answers all of the above. Okay. So my title deed. Whatever I'm feeling is mine. Whatever I'm doing is mine. It's paid for. It's finished. It's, it's mine. I said it's mine. Okay. Yeah. So. If I have my title deed in my hand. Uh, whether I have the house or not, I can be at rest now. Regarding, as, uh, in terms of what pertains to my house. Because it's mine. Title deed. I should have brought it to show you. Uh, it's just a piece of paper. But what the paper is, is a reminder. Of whose this is. Uh, where it is. How much it is, where the, the, the dimensions of the property, everything. Maybe we should take a, a field trip after church to see. Hmm? But really, you don't need to because if you have the title deed, that's finished. 
That's all. That answers every question that people might ask. The title deed sends everybody back who says, that's not true. Yes, it is. Are you sure? Yes, it is. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? When we take the Lord's Supper, we are taking our title deed. Meaning that this life has been paid for. I know know whose I am. I know where I came from. I know where I am going. Any question as it pertains to me, don't ask me. Title deed. Hmm? But I saw you. Title deed. Don't I remember you from? Title deed. Eh? Oh, Pastor Z, there you go again. Shut up. Title deed. All right? See, the enemy is always looking to try to get us to do something, to be something. Title deed answers all questions. The enemy's focus is on change, uh, the accusations to change how, okay, let me, let's do some spiritual math. Do you remember what the, the, the devil told Jesus when he was tempting him? He said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread, right? Do something to prove who you are. And Jesus did not give in to that because you don't need to prove eh, who you are if you know who you are. So he said, turn the stones, and he said, I will not turn stones into bread. I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But you see the tactics and the approach of the enemy. Do something to prove who you are. And Jesus says, I don't need to do anything because my starting point is here. Do you remember the same line of questioning with the seven sons of Sceva? We talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. I know Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And they had no answer. And so he overpowered them because the enemy, when he gets that, that question in the identity department, it gives him strength to overpower. If we know who we are, then the, the, the table turns, the favor, the, the, the balance of the power comes into our hands. The very first introduction that we have of, of the enemy in the Bible is in the garden in Genesis. And he came in the form of a serpent. And he came to Eve. You remember the story. Did God really say, Genesis chapter 3, did God really say, hmm, if you eat of this tree that you will die? And Eve said, yes. Eh? We know that when we eat of the tree, we will surely die. Then the serpent said to her, you will not surely die. Because God knows that the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree, that you will be like like God. Now notice the line of questioning. If I'm Eve and I hear that, what's the first thing that comes to be my, my mind? If you, if you eat of it, you will be like God. It raised the questions. Well, if that's the case, then who am I right now? You see that? So the idea is do something to become something. Ooh, we're going to hurt the devil today. Praise the Lord. So, so the title deed is the answer to every accusation of the enemy. The title, the title deed, it's just a message to your mind that this is paid for. The Lord's Supper, every time you should take it, you should fully exercise, hallelujah, the rights and privileges of title deed. Not because you are so spiritual, but because title deed finishes everything for you. What's yours is yours by way of title deed. The written law and all its regulations have been swallowed up in this finished work of Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, now uh, I think it's important. Just I want to hit some things and then we're going to, I think we'll see what the Lord, what the Lord does today. Um, uh, I was talking, I think, uh, with Cisbo this week. It's, it's interesting. Um, he was telling me how he was blessed by this series because it's kind of helping him 
uh, in his uh, walk with the Lord and also to understand that stuff starts over there. Um, if you have your title deed, it is finished. As far as your righteousness, about, as far as who you come from, as far as who, whose you are. Okay? Uh, your additional spirituality does not make any difference eh? <laughs> in what the title deed says. You know? Like if you're on... on Okay, if you, if you come with your title deed and you are over here, you have your title deed, okay? And let's say you really get really hype and, and spiritual and zarraf. Come on, somebody. Okay, that's good. I mean, praise God. Nothing wrong with that, all right? But it doesn't give you a stronger title deed. You know, if you're over here, eh, you would go berserk trying to scoot over over here. It doesn't change a thing. It's just shouting. It's good. It's praise. All right? But if it's in the event or if it's in the, in the attempt to try to get closer to here, you're wasting your time. All right? This is a title deed. It's a knowledge shift, not an action shift. Try to be more hype and... No, no, no. Title deed. Like, I mean, I have my title deed. Okay? Now, finally. All right? But I can, and I can dance and shout with it. It doesn't change anything. I could be sitting still and it's the same value that I have. Are you following what I'm saying? Because it's not a matter of my works, it's a matter of his, his finished works. Your title deed is completely independent of your spiritual in, in, uh, visitation. Your title is completely independent of the great vision that you saw. The title deed is completely honest, unrelated to whatever experience you or anybody had. It's finished work, sealed in the blood of Jesus. You are a child of God. So the shift happens in here, not in here. It happens in here because we receive this by faith. You, you see the difference? The enemy plays with that. You see that? Eh? You're not even halfway as righteous as that person. You see that? They're filled with the Holy Ghost because they really love God. I remember what you did last year, New Year's Eve, where you were, and that's why God is not touching you now. Those kind of people, they don't come to church anymore. It's just too much. All right? See how the devil, what you do and who you are, what you see and who you are, how he touched you, and you see, all this is just such a mess. Everyone has a title deed, but they don't know they have a title deed. The shift happens here, hallelujah, and we get delivered through understanding what he has done. Jesus knew that all power had been given to him, hallelujah, and all things were under his authority. He knew where he came from and where he was going. No shaking, no shouting, no, he just knew. I would like everybody to say with me, I just know. I just know. Look up, that's it. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Now, uh, of course, other revelations, gifts, everything, that's all in order and in place. But it's not title deed. All right? Title deed is a foundation for everything else that we experience in God. Can we get an amen? We have a big vision for Africa. We have a big vision for the body of Christ globally. But that's not title deed. That's just an assignment that God has given us. Nothing compares to our title deed. Nothing compares to the shed blood and the broken body of our Lord and Savior and who we are now as a result of that. Amen? Praise the Lord. So uh, I had to uh, 
I had to share this with the Amharic service and I have to share this with you as well. Today, uh, if you not noticed, I'm, I'm wearing black today. And uh, you know, in this country and around the world, whenever you wear black, but it symbolizes. And um, there's somebody who has been with us for a long time, been walking with us for a long time, very close that uh, we have to conduct funeral today. And I'm very sorry I have to conclude the service with this news. But uh, it's just the time has come and uh, we have to do what we need to do, amen? Yeah, today there's someone who's been with us too long, so long, today is his funeral. We're going to bury the devil today. Hmm? Today this devil has been sitting up in here, eh? following us everywhere we go, reminding us that you did not do enough or you did such a bad thing, saying that you are not the child of God, telling you that everything you do, you think, oh, should I do that because messing with your freedom, messing with your relationships, messing with your mind. Today, he is being officially buried in Jesus' name. He's been messing with us long enough. Today he is buried. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The Bible says that greater is he that is in us, already in us. Hallelujah. Not we're trying to bring him into us. He that is in us than he that is in the world. Today his reign has come to an end today in Jesus' name. You are the righteousness of God. You are the child of God. You are, you know who you are. You know where you came from and you know where you are going. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in honor of this funeral, I would like everybody please to stand. Could we have a moment of silence, please? Hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, sometimes the devil comes out by way of shouting. Sometimes he comes out by way of, Yoop. it's a little shift in our mind. Finished. That's what he was fighting anyway. So I would like everybody to line up here, not over there, just symbolically. Okay? And if you're happy that you have your title deed, if you're happy that it's finished, if you're happy that you're a child of God, if it's a beautiful thing to be free, it's a very beautiful thing, regardless of your performance. We all of us have funny, all of us have funny performances. We're glad just to be his and him to be yours. Just give God a free praise. Not like, not like so-and-so, but just whatever comes to your heart. Bless him for his finished work. Thank Jesus for what he has done for us. Hallelujah, Father God. We bless your name. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Where would we be without this title deed? Where would we be, Father God, if you had not visited us? We're so grateful, Father God. On the cross, you said it is finished. And you passed something into our hand, Father God, that we would always remember that this is paid for. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name right now, that, Father God, even now, the Bible says that the accuser of the brethren has been hurled down. Hallelujah. Uh, I thank you that in the minds of your servants, your saints, your, your children, that today, Father God, the freedom that comes with the ownership of this title deed will be each person's under the sound of my voice. May we be free from every lie. May we be free from every accusation. 
May the freedom that comes from God. Hallelujah. No more comparing. No more judging. Pray that the freedom that you purchased for us to have would find a home in our minds today, Father God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.